1: 7th of March 2013 the time of the big thaw um it's been a weird you know what it hasn't even been a weird news week it's been an almost nil news week not a hell of a lot has happened except two major changes in social media <laughs> um, uh, except that a fairly significant fine to Microsoft in Europe uh, what else are we covering today? A uh, little bit on Google and penalization. Google published that huge chart last week on how they actually rank websites. And um, I guess earlier this week, Matt, uh, Matt Cutts published a video on how they actually penalize websites. So we, got, we can talk about how they rank sites, how they penalize sites. Um, as it turns out, M- Marissa Mayer has earned a $1.1 million bonus after being at Yahoo for six months. Bet you didn't know that, Dave. I didn't know that. Oh, stuff well, I didn't. Oh, you're supposed to tell me this in advance. <laughs> I know, but you see, I wouldn't be able. To, I wouldn't have a great segue that way if I did. <laughs> lazy man's radio. Lazy man's radio. Uh, folks, we don't have a guest today, so it's it's a it's a day of law to talk.
2: You, you know
3: what? Be- I am going oh. to. I'm going to correct you, Jim.
1: We have a uh, guest. Uh, I, I do. I do.
3: I. <laughs> Uh, And it it just happened because this is like such uh, such new news. Um, So coming on at about 35 minutes after the hour, we got uh, your friend of mine, Miranda Miller, uh, coming on to chat Facebook and, uh, and some of the recent changes
1: there. Brilliant, because I mean I think that's probably the big story of the week. Facebook has made some uh, significant changes to its news feed, and I'm gonna hold off on talking about them till Miranda comes on um at the same time yesterday, trying to steal some fire off of Facebook, Google Plus announced uh changes to its appearance, so it looks like remember when Google and Microsoft would try to one up each other with announcements on uh on on things happening in search, yep. Well Facebook and Google are playing this, or Google at least is playing the same games with Facebook um trying to one up it in announcing some significant changes to uh, the look of Google plus um, most notably in the well google has Google plus has differentiated itself from Facebook in one major way in in that it allows you to choose. Different communities with which you might have conversation, in, and it gives you um, a greater number of tools to, you know, to present information to to your audience with mm-hmm. than, than than Facebook does. Um, but Google Plus, I guess, I guess it thought it needed to make each of its indiv- each of its users stand out more as individuals, so it's radically increased the size of your cover photo. Yep. Yep. Um yep. I and and I'll you know
3: you can finish I'll, I'll get on to my rant about that after. <laughs>
1: isn't that terribly important, isn't that terribly important? I don't know. It takes up it takes up a heck of a lot of screen room. Um but it, I think I you know I think it, it it gives you a chance to present you or something that's important to you in uh big block bold letters. Um <laughs> I again, I, as far as changes go, that's not a huge thing. Um it makes it a little bit easier to figure out who you're looking at. It's got a better, a, a better about page um, or a better about section, um, one that you know, gives you the, the, the user more um, more abilities to, to recommend things near you. Um, what else do we have here?
3: Okay, you know what? I'm going to jump in because because I can because it's it's been me. I, I don't know if you had a chance to read my blog post. It was just sort of covering the, the Google Plus um, changes and stuff like that. The cover size. <laughs> uh, you you know what? You you and I um, you know we're we're both marketers, right? And and a lot of our listeners were marketers, so we understand certain things about the way the web works. Um, that maybe other people don't in regards to conversion and and this and that. What I hate to see happen, and, and it's it's a case of, of sort of pandering to the lowest common denominator, but there's a good reason for it. Is when you increase your cover size, their their now allowable size is twenty one twenty by eleven ninety two pixels. Mm-hmm. This is huge. This is a monstrous um, image. Now, if you were working Some on a
1: widescreen TVs,
3: you know. Sure. Some, some people do. And, and so if the only people we care about <laughs> are people looking at this thing on widescreen TVs um, that have a pixel resolution that even, you know, kind of facilitates something like that, um, you know, great. The problem that I have with it, because you don't have to go to that size, but people have this tendency and, and, and we all do it. We all love ourselves, right? I mean, hey, if I can get my picture of me absolutely monstrous on the page, that's awesome, right? And I, because then every time I go to my profile, I'm going to see a great big picture of me, what a, what a wonderful thing, or, or what, I'm going to put up one of my products and it's going to really sell because it's, it's you know, it's monstrous. It's the only thing a person's going to see when they go into my, into my profile. Remembering, of course, that all the header and stuff is added to that. So when somebody lands at that page, it's not <laughs> like it's just 1192. You got stuff at the top, so are you going to see anything else? You, me, a lot of our listeners are going to understand that, hey, I don't have to go to this maximum. What product am I selling? You know, hey, I'm a photographer. Yes, maybe it makes sense that you put up just an absolutely gorgeous, beautiful pic. You're a publisher. Great. You have a wonderful, huge-sized image for, you know, your book or or this or that. Perfect. Great application. Totally support, you know, it, its use here. But to come without a warning for the average person who's just going to go in there and go, Hey, you know I, I can do this, so I'm going to, and I'm going to have a great big picture of like me and and you know uh, skydiving or some golfing or whatever um, up there, you know, or or a cat um, up there, and basically negate any chance that a person's actually going to get to your feed. Uh, I mean, that's what bothers me about this is it's gotten it's to such a large degree, and without any note as to what the negative impact might be on marketing, i.e., you're going to shove everything that. Your actual message you're wanting to present so far down that I'm anticipating a much higher, not that Google Plus really needs a higher bounce rate, but I'm anticipating a higher bounce rate on individual profiles from this when it gets misused. Um, And that's one of my big irks uh, about this one is they haven't noted what this impact can be if you misuse it.
1: Something to remember about Google Plus. It's not… We look at Google Plus and Facebook side by side, and you know, I, I, I'm guilty of that too. But I'm, I'm going to take a step away from that kind of thinking. Um, Google Plus is not an answer to Facebook. It's not meant to be. I think, for the most part, we've very much misunderstood Google's plans with Google Plus. I've often said Google Plus isn't about product or isn't about marketing. It's about you. It's Google's way of figuring out you and your relationship to data and content and interests. And um, maybe you're into Lamborghinis, so um, we know that you're into high-performance cars. Maybe you're into that really nice Prada purse you found on Pinterest, so we know that you're into um, designer fashion. Google Plus isn't like Facebook, which is about you know hanging out with friends and hooking up um, you know, through idea memes. Google Plus is about Google relating information back to the individual. So, in you know, in a lot of ways, I can see Google saying, "Hey, this is I want. We want you to say this is me in big bold terms." That 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 that's what Google. Plus, I think Google's trying to do.
3: Oh, no, I mean, to, to that end, I mean, you're right, when we step outside, I, of course, view these things from a, you know, first, and I think you're guilty of it, and, and probably Indeed. a lot of people viewing it as the marketing it, um, what can we do means with of this? things, you, you bring up a, a very, very valid point, which is um, the basically the more they can get you to want to talk about you, the more they understand about you and the more value they get out of the property. Um, and, of course, the larger the photo size, the better their, you know, scanning systems will work on the photo and stuff like that. So, you know, yeah, from, from a, a purely Google-esque perspective in, in hey, am I going to put up a large photo? Uh, you know, yes, I guess there's there's some perks there. And, and at the end of the day, you're right, with, who's Google looking out for? It ain't webmasters. <laughs> So, uh, you know, in their defense, webmasters aren't really looking out for Google either. So um, at the end of the day, it's it's a case of it, it may serve them. I think it's it needs to go up with a, a real big warning to people who are going to dump large photos in there and, and that sort of thing. Really think about what message you're trying to send. Really think about how you want to use that real estate. Adjust your resolution to different sizes and look at your stats to see the common size of I mean, you can't look at your Google Plus stats and see the resolutions, but look at your the, the stats of the people who convert on your site and make sure that you're relaying to them um, the information clearly that you want relayed and, and look at those resolutions and understand what the impact um, of putting in various photo sizes is going to have on them.
1: Well, yeah, and if you're making something that is bloated and big, it'll download slowly.
3: Yeah, well, they there is that. Fortunately, they're coming off some pretty decent servers, but.
1: <laughs> well, I'm thinking about somebody using a mobile phone. I I I, I I'm, I'm keep bragging about my new Nexus 4. The <laughs> Nexus 4. And in Toronto, we have subways. Okay, we have this this massive subway system, <coughs> and so when I'm on the subway, I like you know I'm accessing the internet. Now, unfortunately, the Toronto subway doesn't have ubiquitous internet, so I can only access the subway when the train leaves the tunnel and is you know is outside. I have a 30 to 40 second window of connectivity to download whatever I'm whatever I want to read next. Right. That would be my my litmus test for the size of an image one would want to post on a Google uh Google Plus page. Can Jim download it on his on his new Google Nexus 4 phone um, <laughs> in between in between subway stations? <laughs> 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 yeah, you
3: know you you know what you bring up and, and this is sort of a a, a point that leaves Google plus, but you bring up a really really interesting um point there and one that maybe we should you know I and mean, we've talked about it in, in weird ways, but um, testing it on devices for uses like that, like thinking about what your product is and then making sure that your product fits the the criteria um that you're referring to there is when i'm when I'm using books, if I'm you know Amazon with Kindle and that sort of thing what what is the immediate usage that people can get out of these things, what are the limitations and, and making sure that they apply. I mean that definitely applies to the the cover size, um, but you know, I think applies much more broadly to a, a wide array um of different applications on how people need to look at their sites in in, in the age of mobile. You remember um,
1: the Pentium class of computers, the P1s, twos, threes and fours? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> remember how remember how we used to test them? We would get wow. a strict-out game like Battlefield and see if it could run them.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: and if, if the computer could handle a, 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 a complicated and, and visually, a visually uh, large game, it was probably a, probably a fast computer. Yeah. I think people should be testing their web documents it in the same you know using the most extreme conditions to test their web documents and again the most extreme condition i can get is does it download in this tiny little window on my on my mobile device mm-hmm. um, think of who your customers are think of you know where they are when they're accessing the information they need to purchase your product or to make that conversion move on your website and what device they're making that conversion move on um I spend the majority of my time on a clunky old desktop. Actually, a brand new desktop, but it's a desktop, so it feels clunky and old. So you de- so you can design for me differently. You know, um, I'm a career desk jockey. I look at a monitor all day long. But most many most of us are not that. Most of us are walking around. We're free ranging animals. We have our you know our <laughs> smartphones in our hands when we're looking to purchase something. Um, guys like you and me aren't aren't like that so much, Dave, because you know we spend all of our time at the other end of the medium, you know.
3: It, it's true, and you know, I, I've I've noted that many times, and and even to clients where I'm like, okay, this is kind of what I'm thinking about your site, or you know, this is what I'm thinking about keywords. But most people don't have quotes, negatives, and and you know, site colons in their keyword searches, and most people haven't looked at source code within five seconds of hitting a page. So I'm not really normal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I look at things, so yeah, it, it is tough for, for all of us, I think, and, and probably a lot of our listeners to sort of put ourselves in the shoes um, of the people who are actually looking for services and understanding that they may start something on mobile that they're planning on securing on um, on their desktop, right? I mean, they, they may start by just looking up, you know, supplemental information on, you know, in our industry, SEO or internet marketing, and then carry that forward onto a more thorough um, evaluation and that's where you know looking at your assisted conversions and stuff like that becomes uh, highly valuable.
1: You know, um, we could do a whole show on assisted conversions. Yeah, I was I, I, I was tooling around uh, 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 analytics, Google Analytics, the other day, thinking that we could do a whole show on what represents assisted conversions and you know how you discuss assisted conversions with your clients. This really happened. Honestly, I can prove it. Um. Let's jump gears. We're going to have to take a break in a few minutes. Um, before we do, South by Southwest is happening in Austin, Texas this week. The, the By far, North America's largest music, technology, and uh, whatever the hell else they do there, festival. <laughs> There's three things at South by Southwest. I can think of music. I can think of technology. There's one other thing they do, and it's, it's escaping me. Something about ribs. Um, yeah, something about ribs. Anyway, if you're at South by Southwest... And you are sober enough to remember what that third thing is, you might be sober enough to show up for, well, what could be the shortest interview of your life. Pizza Hut is hiring a social media manager, and they want to interview you and thousands of other people, but they only want to give you 140 seconds. Thinking. Oh, no, okay. 40 seconds, Go ahead. 40 characters in Facebook, you got 104 or in, in Twitter, you have 140 seconds in this interview. If you can't convince the hiring team for Pizza Hut that you should be their social media manager in 140 seconds, maybe you shouldn't be working their Twitter feed. That's what they're thinking. <sighs> <laughs> if only interviews for our companies, were that easy, eh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, holy crap. That's
3: uh, uh, you know i I guess I guess I get it. <laughs> um, I mean, you know you're going to get uh a, a lot i mean if if what you're looking for is volume like Twitter, <laughs> then then I suppose that uh that makes sense. I can think of individual questions I would ask people that would take more than that um, to answer
1: well I'm, I'm sure before they hire there's actually a real follow up interview. Um, Pizza Hut being a significantly large uh, corporation owned by an even more significantly large corporation, I'm sure they have a standard process. But you know, you know what this has done for them? Their HR That's department has done more for social media effort than probably the, anyone they've had working their social media team ever. <laughs> Just one announcement. We'll give you 140 seconds. When else have we talked about Pizza Hut on air?
3: That's a valid point. All right. Okay, it worked. Um, you know what? And if what they're trying to do, and, and you and I get this, right? And, and, and I think anybody who's ever interviewed or, heck, been out on a date, you generally know within a couple minutes whether it's going to be, whether it clicks, right? Like whether it's going to be, there you go. um, a good fit, and that may be what they're trying to uh, accomplish. Is this going to be a good fit for our organization and with the people they're going to have to work with? Great, that's all we need to know. After that, we can figure out if you're smart enough.
1: Well, and let's face it, they're in Austin and they're at South by Southwest. There's beers, ribs, and bands. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's an other interesting stuff.
3: interview process,
1: <laughs> indeed. Okay, I understand. According to our Skype conversation, that Miranda Miller is standing by at the ready. Um, going to be coming on air to talk about Facebook changes. So this might be an opportune time to take a break here in Webcology. Uh, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's Thursday, the 7th of March, 2013. Stick around. We're talking Facebook changes when we come back after these messages.
0: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. is making a springtime stop to New York City March 25th through the 28th SES New York 2013 is moving to a brand new venue in the heart of Times Square at the New York Marriott Marquee register now at SESconference.com SES New York 2013 features some of the best and brightest minds in search and social marketing with keynote addresses by top level executives from Google, Twitter, ESPN and more SES New York 2013 will also feature a loaded Expo Hall and Texpo Pavilion. On-site training by the ClickZ Academy, WebmasterRadio.fm's annual search bash, and so much more. SES New York 2013 at the New York Marriott Marquis in the heart of Times Square, March 25th through the 28th. Register now at sesconference.com. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're the host, Jim Hedger
1: and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on FM. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And we're about to be joined by Miranda Miller, now of top Rank marketing over there in Minnesota. Miranda, welcome back to Webcology.
2: Hi, guys. Thanks.
1: Uh, hey, but before we jump in, um, uh, we're going to be talking about Facebook. You've been monitoring the the, the the changes that Facebook and the news conference they've been having. But um, – You just had a really cool adventure. You and your kid went to NASA.
2: To NASA headquarters in Washington, yes. It was awesome. What
1: was that all about? I I saw a little bit of that on Facebook. And I'm I'm sorry, it's the first time I've talked to you since since that happened.
2: Um, NASA has an awesome social team. And so they have these NASA social events where they invite their social followers to actually come to NASA headquarters. So this time they were having a live chat with astronauts on the International Space Station. So we got to chat with them. It was awesome.
1: How did you and your son get selected to be, (laughs) like, how did that happen?
2: Well, it was kind of funny because I was writing it up for my news post on Top Rank blog and just thought, you know, whatever, I'll enter it. Um, You were supposed to be one of their loyal social followers, and I'm probably not the most, you know, active one they have out there. Um, But they chose us, so me and my seven-year-old got to go.
1: Wow. That's, uh, wow. Was it? Everything you thought it would be? Was it amazing?
2: Oh, it was. And he was over the moon. But then, you know, he has a little <laughs> brother, so I have to take him to do something pretty awesome to make up for this. Because <laughs> he didn't get to go.
1: Well, there's always mini golf.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so you've been monitoring the uh, Facebook announcement. Um, I guess the, the, the news conference Facebook had just wrapped up. What are they doing?
2: They're doing a lot of different things. Um, it's a whole redesign. If you remember when Timeline came out in 2011, Mark Zuckerberg was describing it as a scrapbook at that time. So that's completely changed. Now it's going to be a newspaper. Um, and that's very telling because you don't put ads in your scrapbook. So I think <laughs> this is the biggest change. <laughs> there will be ads in the news feed. There already is. But I mean, I think we can see, expect to see a lot more of that. Um, videos in the news feed are going to be larger so they'll span the entire width of the column Um, they're changing photo albums, they want everything visual to be more visual uh, more prominent and they said it will be like a Pinterest sort of design so I'm not sure what Pinterest is going to think of that but we'll find out one really awesome thing is they're getting rid of the ticker, I hate the ticker I know a lot of people that hate the ticker so in, in its place they'll have quick links to your friends, your music, your photos and games and stuff like that so oh, that changes.
1: That's funny. I find the ticker one of the most useful pieces of uh, of Facebook. I often have that my screen minimized so just the ticker is showing.
2: Really? I find it a total time suck. I could sit there and watch that <laughs> all day. So <laughs> I just no, don't I, want it to be there.
1: I remember the days of RSS feeds when there was a new story coming up every second and your eye would always approach at that, that just to see if you wanted to see it or not and then go back to what you were doing. So how is this going to work for advertisers on Facebook? Is this going to present more opportunities for
2: them? Um, I'd say if you're a paid advertiser, it will. And we've already seen a lot of complaining recently. The most um, recent one was a columnist from the New York Times who said that since they've started doing the paid ads in the news feed, he's seen engagement drop huge um, so he's saying, you know, it's, it's becoming a pay-to-play game, which, I mean, if it is, Facebook can do that. It's their platform.
1: So well, the- it's, it's also their, their, their incredible lead to lose. Might they be putting themselves in a weird position with their users?
2: Well, there's a new patent that just surfaced, actually. It was filed for in 2011, but it just was published last month. And it's actually called the Paid Profile Personalization Patent. So in this, users would be able to pay for getting rid of ads, um, having features. Like, you know how MySpace was really sloppy and messy because there was so much going on? Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping they don't go down that road with this, but you would be able to pay to put extra things on your newsfeed and your profile.
1: It's like bacon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Goldfish.
1: I don't know. <laughs> joke's about Now, that. would you, you, you've
3: looked at this patent, would you be able, well, you can pay to add stuff, would it be, uh, or or is it in there, and I have no idea, um, pay to pull stuff out? So if I want, you know, say, you know, as stuff's coming into, into my profile, you know, pay a little extra to have it not uh, be in there.
2: Like ads, for sure.
3: Yeah, okay.
2: Yeah. Um, so you'd be able to edit the different elements of your profile page and it would be a recurring charge
1: okay so the New York Times uh, said that since they've started using a paid advertising model in Facebook they've seen engagement go down now I'm one of those guys who loves the New York Times so I'll take an article from the New York Times and I'll put my spin on it and post it up to Facebook what about guys like me I just just want to spread information
2: yeah this was this was just one columnist actually from the new york times so he has about twenty five thousand fans and he was getting 50 or 60 likes every time he posted something and he's noticed that's gone down to like 10 or 15 so he's saying with all of this extra stuff showing up in the news feed organic posts from company pages aren't showing up as often which is very true i mean i think everyone's noticed that across the board
1: absolutely so if you're a smaller company and you have a Facebook presence and that Facebook presence is moderately successful for you what can you expect
2: I think at this point people should be expecting to get really comfortable with the ads I mean you should be using organic and paid together for best results I'm not sure how often people are going to be able to show up in the next six months if you're not paying to be there
1: Okay, so again, if you're a a business who is reliant on traffic from Facebook, you're probably going to have to pay to play.
2: Right. Well, it's kind of a downward spiral for businesses because part of the edge rank algorithm is affinity, right? So what kind of relationship do you have with each of the people who follow your page? Do they interact with your posts? Are they liking them? Are they commenting on them? If they're not seeing them, you're going to have lower engagement, and that lower engagement tells Facebook that they should show your Things even less to those people, so it kind of feeds into itself. If you know okay, I mean,
1: again, right? oh, uh, indeed, in, in fact, it's a feedback loop. The less right. often you're seen, the less opportunities your audience has to engage with you. The less exactly. engagement, the less Facebook's going to show you.
2: Right, and then you're just going to pay to get ads because that's how you're going to show up.
1: Incidentally, um, friends out there outside of the marketing community, this is why you hire us. Because <laughs> we know this stuff. Um, I'm sorry, I just had to get that in there. Anything else uh, Anything else uh, out of Facebook? Uh, no, out out uh, of the Facebook announcements?
2: Well, that those changes start rolling out today. It'll probably be really slow, I'd say over two or three weeks. They haven't said exactly how long it'll take. But I'm interested to see what it looks like. I mean, I've only seen pictures, so I'd like to get into my own profile and play around with it and see what it does
3: no on a on a slightly different but but related topic here we've been talking a lot about the the recent changes here, but on the advertising into facebook and and you you bring up a really good point that I think a lot of people don't quite understand is the more you're the more popular you are the more popular you become right i mean right you get seen more if you're if you're more popular so promoted posts what part do they play in this equation
2: um promoted posts and sponsored stories are just different types of ads so they'll show up in the news feed um, and they can also show up in the sidebar so those are you know just ways of promoting specific content
3: and do, do you find from from your experience that it leads to an elevation you know now I've gotten this in front of it, it, it my post has expanded reach now people are seeing my post they engage from there can this be a, a mechanism not just to promote that post Um, But to carry that forward and go, okay, now my regular posts, unpromoted, um, will start to show up more often in other people's um, profiles because now they've engaged with me a a little more actively.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure how that works exactly. I mean, it certainly increases your reach because the people who are seeing those promoted posts and sponsored stories, it might be because one of their friends interacted with it, right? So it increases your reach that way and then that person might decide to like your page so it is, it is good to use organic and paid together if you can afford to do that.
3: Okay. And, and what sort of cost for, for a standard small business? I mean at the end of the day for every small business, heck, for every large business, it comes down to ROI, dollars in, dollars out. If you were uh, dealing with a, a smaller business, what sort of, and I know this is a wide range with a lot of factors, but what sort of budget would you be looking at or, or recommending to, to most of them when it comes to the paid side of Facebook?
2: Ooh, that's tough. Um, I think if it's anything less than a couple hundred dollars, you're not really giving it a fair shot. Um, I know some social campaigns that I'm working on start out with a $1,000, but not everyone can do that, right? So I think it also depends on, you have to know what your goals are. You can't just give it a shot and hope for the best. What is it that you want to get out of it? If you're generating leads, what do you expect to pay for each lead? And then we have to see if that's going to be viable on that platform.
1: Is there a I'll go for it, go ahead, go Jim. For it. <laughs> what do you
3: see as? I mean, there's a bunch of different ways that you can you can sort of segment out your your traffic. You can segment out your paid advertising for those people with a smaller budget. And I know a, a lot of them are our listeners, so that's that's why I like to focus on them uh, more with these questions. Um, for people with a smaller budget. Do you recommend a a broader scope campaign that just has very very limited data from each segment? So say you know I'm going to go into the entire United States and I'm, I'm going to go with everybody who kind of is interested in, in my sector, um, or do you recommend more uh, a fine tuned um, you know campaign where you're you're focused on an area, or you're focused on a very very small niche, even if it's just a party or sector, and gather as much data as you can from there yeah, or broader data?
2: Yeah, definitely go with smaller segments. Um, Facebook and LinkedIn are both awesome in the targeting options that they allow you to have. Um, So I know you don't want to have an audience that's less than maybe 80 to 100,000, or you're really not going to show up as often as you want to. Um, Another little tip that I have is that if you refresh your um, titles and images, even if you're just switching them around within your pre-approved messaging or whatever, um, you instantly get a boost in impressions after... When when you've shown Facebook or LinkedIn that you're putting out fresh content for your ads, so don't let them get stale. You'll you'll see it. You know your impressions going down after three or four days, and that's when you want to freshen it up a bit. But definitely use all the targeting. If you can build out personas, like who is the ideal person you're trying to reach? What kind of education do they have? Where do they live? Um, what are their interests? Definitely do that so you're not appearing in front of the wrong people.
1: Now, Miranda, you're in a you're in a interesting position in that you've recently gone from somebody who obsesses on studying the industry (laughs) to someone who's, you know, you're now doing hands-on client work. Mm -hmm. Putting your reporter's hat back on again for a second, um, how long do you think it's going to be before we in the, in the, 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 the information business start seeing stats on the success of this? You know, success metrics from this change.
2: Ooh, that's hard to say. Um, that depends on, you know, we always count on the bigger companies who have access to enough data to make a good sample size to put out reports. So, I mean, in 12 weeks, I would expect that we'll have some some news stories about that.
1: Okay, and how about um, how-to stories?
2: Oh, those are probably already happening.
1: Indeed. (laughs) The moment the news conference ended, right? Yeah. And in some cases, before it ended. Um, Are you enjoying enjoying the service side of things?
2: I am, yes. Before I was at Search Engine Watch, I worked in another agency. um, And I kind of missed it, just being more hands on. And, you know, you get to work on different projects all the time. And I'm working with Lee Odin, which is awesome. So I'm also learning a lot. Uh-huh. So I, I really like it.
1: Lee is one of the the um, I don't know I don't know if, we're, if the word legend is large enough to work with Lee Odin, but <laughs> uh, for for want of a better word, Lee is one of the legends of internet marketing. Um, it's phenomenal just talking with the fella. Hey, eh?
2: I know it's and I just some days like wow this is awesome. I'm working on a writing project and I'm calling to get Lee Odin's advice on this. This is so cool. <laughs> No, it's you, been a really uh, good
1: change. Do you get to uh, to Minnesota very often?
2: Uh, I've only been there once so far, and it was really freaking cold. So well, you're I one of you're one of the few people. Oh, like <laughs> yeah, I,
1: mean, I was about to say you're one of the few people who could actually stare at the top rank crew and say cold. <laughs> yeah. <Really? laughs> no, it's not.
2: Yeah, I went there for the holiday party, and we went bowling. It was fun.
1: Excellent. Um, okay, we, we're going to have to cut the commercial in a few minutes. But before before we do, is there anything else you can throw in about, uh, about Facebook or its, its announcement?
2: I don't think so. I'm really just waiting to see how this all shakes out, like everybody else.
1: Well, when do we get the pitchforks out? Like, um, is there a mob? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, I'm just really interested in this patent because I'm not sure if they did it just so they could have it or if they're actually planning on implementing this at some point. But the whole change in direction from a scrapbook to a newspaper, it's just so telling. So I'm just waiting.
1: It's going to be a, well, interesting and apparently chronological future. Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward to that. Miranda Miller from uh, Rank Marketing. Thank you so much for taking time. I, uh, you were, you were a flash guest and you were an amazing guest. So thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, friends. That was uh, Miranda Miller. Um, now of top rank marketing. And uh, we were talking about Facebook and the changes at Facebook. We're going to be coming back to talk about something else. not sure what it is, but I can guarantee it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but before we do that, we gotta, we got to go to commercial break. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You'll listen to Web College on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned. More stuff coming in a few minutes.
0: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break.
2: Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and (laughs) failed? You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. dominate. (laughs) Aim clear. The agency brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding-edge creative, (laughs) and Killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Aim, Aim clear. clear. This is how you sell with
0: social. Discuss and shape the future of performance marketing in New York City, March 12th to the 13th at the Performance Marketing Insights Conference. Come here from and talk to other global industry leaders as they share how they're developing new revenue streams, deploying the latest technologies, preparing for increased regulation, and leveraging for the most effective digital advertising channels. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners can save 15% on registration by using the promo code WEBMPMI15. That's WEBMPMI15. For more information and to register today, visit Insights.com
3: and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword MajesticSEO.com
0: It's good to be king Commercials off, now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey
1: everyone, welcome back to Web Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 7th of March, 2013. We're uh, around the corner on the last segment of the show, and, you know, I thought I was having a crappy week. Actually, I haven't. I've been having a great week. But <laughs> my last week sucked. So, you know, it's been a good week this week. Last week sucked. But if I was working for Microsoft, I was a coder for Microsoft, I would be seriously worrying about my next performance review. See, it seems that uh, one, of, uh, one of their coding teams forgot a critical line of code in a Windows 7 Service Pack update for computers in Europe. And this critical line of code was the one that allowed other browsers, um, or I'm sorry, other search engines, Google, Opera, etc., um, in the drop-down one would find on Internet Explorer. One line of code. From February 2011 to July 2012... A technical error, according to Microsoft, (laughs) caused caused this choice screen to disappear from about 15 million computers in the EU. Now, back in, uh, I think it was 2001, 2002, Microsoft got serious with that by the EU for not making these browsers available. This time, it got hit with a $732 million fine. For one line of code
3: well yeah, and uh, well, of course you and I know it's it's not the one line of code that's really being punished here <laughs> well, well no uh, egg, one thing I have got a hand and and, and I, I don't know how you uh, how you feel on this subject. I mean that's interesting the the effect is brutal hey, let's test our systems before we deploy them. Um, you know, if, if you or I did that, we'd be in a, in a world of hurt too. Um, one thing I love about the EU is when they make a slapdown <laughs> on monopolistic or, or, or anti-competition uh, tendencies, they don't just kind of go stop doing that. <laughs> and, and and in a weird way, you know. I mean, while I just keep you and I both. I mean, you know, Microsoft is bigger than Google, but Google is just owning Bing, and 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 will. I mean, I don't literally mean that, obviously. Um, so, you know, while I sort of you know keep rooting for for Bing on the on the search engine space, just because they're the underdog, just like I used to, you know, root for Ask. Um, you know, I, I think making you know when the EU steps in and makes moves like this. Honestly, I love it.
1: Well, there's no logical way you can root for Internet Explorer, is there? No,
3: no, there isn't. Well, that's that's the thing. But, I mean, you know, even sort of dumping it together, I can't even, oh, I can't think of the last time he's Internet Explorer, but really that was just to test something and make the sure. For anything
1: but testing purposes.
3: <laughs> I, I haven't used it in ages. First Firefox, then Chrome, Internet Explorer, just to make sure crap doesn't break. Um you know but i mean i i really enjoy seeing this stuff and i i wish that more entities um would behave a, a little more like theirs that really just come in they're decisive you can debate whether they're fair or not and and sometimes they definitely you know do things that i i wouldn't deem to be yeah, you know, they go a little overboard on on some things, in in my opinion, uh, a little more protective of EU properties, and um, you know, a, a little over restrictive on on foreign entities entering their markets. But at the end of the day, I, I do appreciate that they go. I don't care if it's one line of code, um, you know, what that one line of code did. Well, you can you, you know, we're not going to. They can't sit there and debate. Did Microsoft know? Did they not? That's a very you know, we're Canadian. Most of our listeners are American. Uh, we have the same sort of system when it comes to that, which is, well, I can't really prove it was evil, so I'm just going to give you a little slap on the back of your hand. They come in and go, you know what? The effect was anti-monopolistic. I don't really care what the cause was.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, and, 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 you know, the same thing can be
1: said for, say, an auto manufacturer who we're not going to name who had faulty braking systems. You know, maybe maybe one line of brake pad is, is, you know, you might have made a mistake, you may not have made a mistake, but the effect is somebody got hurt. Right. You know, and that's and, it. And here, the effect is um, anti, anti-competitive.
3: Right.
1: So um, next time, check Especially given if was a ruling against them, and that's exactly right, Dave. That's the object lesson in this little story. Um, the people who are listening to this show, um, very few of them are programming for Microsoft, though a few of them maybe. But most of the people listening to this show do client services of some sort or another and we create products that go out to clients and this is the value of like you know quadruple checking stuff now for most of us it'll never end in a 732 million dollar fine but it might end in the, it might end in the termination of a contract. You know, right, which is, for those is. of
3: us that are, that are more small business owners, that termination of a contract probably has a bigger impact on bottom line than those this millions of dollars due to Microsoft.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And when you make a mistake in front of your clients, it almost totally negates all the miracles you pull for them. Mm-hmm. Or all the, all, you know. They make 15 mistakes, but they aren't the experts in the field. You make one mistake, and that overshadows everything. So, uh, again, the object lesson here is quadruple, quintuple, quintuple check if you have to. Mm-hmm. But make sure your product is going out to satisfy everyone who's going to be looking at it, because somebody's going to get all regulator on you. Okay, what else do we have here? What else is happening in the world? I'm um, going back to our old cheat sheet, but we've had so many conversations since then. Um, we could talk about Vince Cerf and Need for Anonymity, but that's a fairly long conversation.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about that one.
1: Looks as if, uh, I think we're going to have to go with Saplinks.
3: Ah, that's okay, there we go. <laughs> I was waiting for that one too. Um, um, do, you, do you want to start in on this one, or, or shall I, and go, I hate to love this and love to hate it?
1: Oh, why don't you go then? <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. Um, for for those who don't know, Google uh, penalized another uh, link network, safe links. Um, and, and I mean, I think at this point it's still conjecture and rumor based on a lot of evidence. I don't know that it's actually official yet, but uh, but there seems to be enough supporting information in regards to who got hit and who didn't and that sort of thing to go yup they they actually got the got the slap down um, here's here's what i hate to love uh, about stuff like this is that you have to look at these sort of environments and go thank goodness the web is a better place like you know while i'm an seo while i'm a marketer while you are while our listeners are or or a lot of them are trying to educate themselves on it the more this stuff gets eliminated, the better our jobs get. I mean, you know, you know it, I know it. It, it just becomes a better environment. Yes, it becomes harder, but it's okay. It becomes harder for everyone. <laughs> There's no quick fixes, but you know what? I don't have quick fixes either, right? So it, it becomes, you know, it's still a level playing field. Um, but the reason that I I love to hate it, um, or I guess you know, the problem with this sort of thing is you get people who don't. No, and these are the people that I really, really feel sorry for Um, and and why I consider when these networks get penalized it being a a really, really sad day Um, because while I, I look at the actual company doing it and go, you're gone, great. Right? I mean the 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 web is a better place. You think um, all the victims, the, the, When you think the, of all the victims who got these penalties, and I mean, I've gotten calls from not related to SAPE, but you know, related to similar things. I'm sure you have. I'm sure a lot of you know I our do. friends have. Um, and 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 you look at that and go. At the end of the day, there are businesses that are about to go bankrupt.
1: Well, I feel I feel bad for those businesses who are about to go bankrupt, Dave. But at the same time, at the same time, say we're all having having barbecues in our backyards, okay. And some guy comes along and says, oh, I could get your barbecue going even better if you just use this massive flamethrower I have. And this guy's massive flamethrower, you know, it does get your barbecue going faster, but it also, like, burns down yours in your neighbor's backyard. Right. Well, I'm, Man, happy, you got your, I'm happy your steak cooked faster, dude. Like, <laughs> But you know what? No, no, not you, but I'm happy that guy's steak cooked faster, but screw him. He's well, destroyed the environment i
3: mean at, at the same time and, and and here's here's where my my sympathies go out is I try and think of it as my dad, right, and not to personalize it that much, but go uh, bright guy, really good lawyer what do if an s e o was telling him you know, hey, we're going to be doing this, that, and the other thing. Okay, my dad's a bad example. He would ask me. Uh, I certainly hope he would anyway. But, you know, somebody of that level who really they're they're experts in their own area. They have no idea what white or black is in the SEO realm. They have no idea what ethics are. They've never heard of the Google guidelines. They're a business owner doing their job um, and, and just wanting to do more of it. Um, and then they end up getting hit when they had no no idea even what questions to ask. I mean, we get into the, the importance of educating yourself, but in certain areas we know to do that, like, you know, health. I know, to you know, if my doctor makes a recommendation, I should probably look it up.
1: I, I don't know what to say about that, Dave. I mean, I remember when I first opened my, my, my very first honest-to-goodness real business was a cyber cafe on Douglas Street in Victoria. And yep. the day I opened the doors there, I started getting hit with mail for... Everything that would you know every form of marketing that would, everybody wanted a piece of my money I didn't have any, but everybody wanted it anyway, and so my partner and I had to be really careful over you know who we picked and choose to give our advertising money to yeah and this is back in this is back at the very dawn of the commercial web, so it's not like there was um as a matter of fact at, when we opened the door, there weren't search engines ha it was still search. Large- <laughs> That's true. Um, really. Um, we had no idea. We were, we were like deer in front of the headlights, and everybody right. wanted our money. And I think that's what a lot of business owners have now. So, Gary and I, my, my, my business partner at the time, he had no idea. This is his first brick and mortar to business, too. We had to spend a lot of time learning. We had to educate ourselves. What offers real? What offers scam? What have other business owners done? And that's, I mean, to professionals, you use your dad as an example, but I know your dad's a, a poor example. We'll say, you know, any professionals, do your research. You got to do that. Just like buying a car.
0: You,
3: you do, but, do you but I'm going to reverse engineer your logic based on what you do now, though. Just. Devil's advocate here and go, you are the type of person who has a brain that works on a way that led them to become a marketer the way you are, right? Like, basically, you already had the brain back then, lacking information, that was going to be critical of stuff to that degree. That's why you're so successful doing what you do right now. Because... I. If you didn't enter in with a brain that worked that way, and a lot of people don't, and that's fine. We all have different kinds of brains, which is great because, you know, I, if the world relied on, on Stephen Hawking level um, discoveries on me, it would be a really sad state of science right now. So, <laughs> so you know, I mean, that this is, you know, it, it's a good thing that we all do, but your brain was critical, and that's why you do what you do. But most people don't have that same path and it's not their fault. That's why they make great lawyers or that's why they make great, you know, accountants or, or whatever they may do. And I, I've of course listed, you know, these white collar business professionals, but there there's a lot of any, them. You know. For sure. It, it could, could be any. anybody from from real estate to, to selling blue widgets, right? And and You're, I think, a bad example because of what you ended up doing. You probably didn't, when search engines first came out, probably figured out how to search to find the crap you like faster than most people, right? Because that's how we ended up doing what we do. But I I really, uh, my heart goes out to them. I'm glad the network is down. Um, I wish people didn't get hurt, and I wish there was a mechanism in place that was stronger to make sure, hey, these people need to be compensated. And and maybe, you know, Sape has to come out and fund them to get some real SEOs in there uh, to get the job done.
1: Agreed. Unfortunately, we're down to our last 30 seconds. Um, before we go, I just want to let people know that there's a new Performance Marketing Insights podcast coming up at 3 o'clock directly after us. Talking to education and brand security and performance marketing with um, Uwin Darby, the Global Head of Affiliate Marketing for Neil at Ogilvy, and our guest from last week, Evan Weber, CEO of Experience Advertising. That's coming up after Webcology. Um, next week, there's uh, SMX West. Week after that, SMX Toronto. Week after that, SES New York. It's going to be a busy couple of weeks. I think we're broadcasting straight on through, so we're going to be talking to you next week. Dave from Beanstalk SEO. Have an incredible week, brother. Um, and, uh, well, I'm going to go with my usual ending. On behalf of Dave from SEO, who I just wish an incredible week, brother. Jim, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webology on webmasterradio.fm. Stick around. More great stuff coming up on The Network.